Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. come up and preach after an Easter egg moment, uh, but we're going to put that aside, and I'm going to ask you just to focus on the Word of God this morning for 20 odd minutes. I promise I'm not going to be long. Uh, we're going to focus on, on what He has to say this morning. We're going to read a scripture, and I'm actually going to ask you to stand. Don't even worry about your Bibles. I know you brought them, which is radical. Leave them on the chair. I'm going to ask you to stand for a minute. And so jokes aside about Mark's voice, um, I just, uh, Kansas has said something to me this morning, and I just, I get a sense that for whatever reason, the enemy doesn't want someone to hear a message today. Yeah, we, my wife and I woke up this morning, our little one is really sick, we were really worth thinking of, we maybe have to take her to the hospital, the temperature's really high, and I just feel God's trying to, uh, God, God wants you to hear something this morning, the enemy's trying to stop that. I'm going to ask you for 20 minutes... Can you engage? If you were dragged here this morning, can you just engage for 20 minutes? That's all. And then we'll have coffee afterwards. We're going to read a scripture. Um, It's a really short scripture. But I want to ask you to engage with this this morning. The scripture reads as this. 1 Peter 3.18 Christ died for our sins once and for all. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. I'm going to read it again because it's only one sentence. Christ died for our sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God. Lord, as we stand here before you this morning, I pray, Father, would you speak to us. Jesus, as you are here with us this morning, will you, will you touch hearts this morning? Hearts, Lord, that are, are maybe far from you, Lord. <clears throat> Will you speak? Will you encourage? Hearts that need encouraging this morning, Lord God. Will you speak your grace and your mercy? And we pray this in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give someone a high five as you head back down to your seat. <clears throat> Wow, that worked better than I thought it would. Thanks for high-fiving. I do appreciate it. So, we all love a story. Come on, who does not love a good story? I love a good story, uh, especially when it's well told. Uh, there's nothing like it, and it, it doesn't really matter what your bent is. Yeah, whether you're um, the sort of uh, once-upon-a-time kind of person, uh, or whether you are in a galaxy far, far away kind of person. I always get confused. Is that Star Wars or Shrek? Galaxy far, far away. I think there's, a, there's some intertwining there. Um, I, I particularly like a, an opening sentence to a book, you know, in, in a sentence that just grips you. Uh, some of you might have heard of this, this author called Charles Dickens. He wrote a book called A Tale of Two Cities. And the, and the opening sentence, it's quite a long, I'm not going to read it, uh, but it starts with, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. And that sentence, I remember just reading that one day, I'm like, I have to read this book, just because of that opening sentence, it just gripped me. So there's something in us that just leans in towards a good story. And the Bible actually is no different. And sometimes we read it today as a story, and the reality is it is a story. This is God's big story. This is his, his story of his interaction with us, mankind. 
And it too has a really amazing start. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that sentence, when I read it, it just invites me in. But the reality is, when God created the heavens and the earth, he wasn't telling a story, he was doing it. And then he created man, and he invited man into his story. It wasn't something that was just abstract. He invited us in. We came into his story. He gave us the planet. He said, come and rule and reign over this planet with me. Not not at a distance, but with God. He gives us the planet. But like every good story, there's an antagonist. There's someone who is anti. There's someone who is against. There's someone who is in opposition. And Satan comes into this story. Our story is no different. He enters this story and he begins to tempt. See, I've got a prop. How about that? I asked my daughter this morning, we went to the shop, and I said, a red one or a green one? And she said, a red one. So it's a red one this morning. But the enemy comes, and he begins to tempt us. You see, the reality is God has given us, and I wish I could have asked the guys, could you hang a big planet there? But they couldn't, short notice. <clears throat> but God gives us this planet. He says, this is yours, and we will rule and we will reign. But the enemy comes along, and he starts to just, just get us to focus a little on something else. It's like, Come here. Check this out. Check this out. Look at this. Yeah? And as I stop focusing on what I mentioned, I start focusing here, and I come into a small place, into a narrow place, this begins to look good. This begins to taste sweet. Because I'm no longer focused on that. I'm here. I'm in this narrow space. This is inviting. And so what happens? We trade the planet for fruit. Adam and Eve did just this. They settled for smallness. And as we look at the story, as we look at the story of Genesis that begins so beautifully, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It ends tragically. I was practicing this morning. Can I? Yes, look at that. 50 chapters. Amazing. The last chapter, the last sentence is about Joseph. They embalmed Joseph and placed him in a coffin. How do we go from the planet, ruling and reigning the planet with God, to death in a coffin in 50 chapters? The reality is, if I look at my life, there's some similarities. Because I started life out with much promise. I was a I was a dashing young man. Dashing. My mother told me I was handsome, Wayne. She told me I was handsome. I realized later on that maybe it doesn't count so much coming from your mom, but that's cool. But I had promised. I, uh, I was quite the sportsman. Seriously, I was quite the sportsman. I actually got uh, provincial colors. I uh, started out in KZN, the old Natal back in the day. And um, I got provincial colors for athletics, and then my family moved to Johannesburg, and I proved that it wasn't a fluke because I did it again. I got provincial colors for athletics and for cricket. I was, lit- I was the next Sean Pollock in the making. <clears throat> Don't laugh. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> I was a strong academic, um, but as I got a bit older, I kind of let that slip a bit. And I, just, I knew I could kind of pull something out of the back pocket and kind of, you know, I'd, I'd make it by, I'd pass. I'd just play that card. I had an ace in my pocket. 
I had promise. The kind of the planet, the world was my oyster. I, had, uh, I could do anything. The reality is, the enemy came along and he began to tempt me with fruit. And in my life, that started with something called pornography. But it became a lust that got so deep into me that it controlled my every thought, my every movement, my every action, my every waking moment was spent trying to feed this thing. And so something that started small and innocuous really became a massively deadly journey for me. I had a full-blown addiction. And as I got older, you just need more. You need to feed it. And it led me to prostitution. It led me to drugs. It led me to anger and bitterness and bouts of depression. Because I settled for this. I settled for smallness. And unknowingly, what I had gone and done was I had gone and stepped into the coffin. That coffin we read about in chapter 50, I got in it. Yeah, on my own, both feet. In fact, I, wasn't, I was lying in the coffin and I was closing the lid. But it's at that moment in my life that my story intersects with the story of Jesus. And whatever your belief is today, I'm telling you now, whether you like it or not, your story will intersect the stories of Jesus. Yeah, and you will have a moment where you need to make a decision. And if, that, if you feel that that's possibly come and gone, I'm going to tell you he's giving you another one today. Yeah, that your story intersects with the story of Jesus. This amazing king, this creator of the heavens, makes a decision to go from that to the smallness of mankind. He decides to become, you know, inside of a, a womb of a, of, of a woman, to be birthed. There's no narrower place. To then live his life, 33 years as a man. This is God. He had the expanse of the heavens. He decides to come and live in our smallness. But he lives a life of perfection. He says yes when I would say no. He says no when you would say yes. Our perfect, perfect king. He begins, to, he begins a, a life, he begins a ministry. He invites disciples into the story. He begins to show people life outside of smallness. He begins to take on the religious elite and begins to call them out of their self-centeredness, that self-centeredness of religion, that coffin of religion. They don't want it, though. They're not interested in what he has to offer. And they plot to kill him. They plot to murder him. And so we get to Easter Friday. What we call Good Friday. And as Jesus is nailed to that cross, his disciples, who had been freshly invited into this very big gospel story, they respond the same way that their forefather Adam did. They choose smallness. They could have stood with Jesus in this big, big story. But they choose smallness. And they choose to betray him. And they choose to deny him. They choose to doubt. He's, maybe he's just not the Messiah. He's just not the man who he claimed to be. And they settle for the fruit. 
I can imagine that on that day, literally all hell broke loose. And Satan and his demons rejoiced. And threw the biggest party that they ever have. You see, the reality is that Satan, for all these years, has been tempting us into the smallness, into this coffin. And what do we go and do? Our Redeemer comes, and what do we do? We put him in the same coffin. And the enemy goes, awesome. We've done it. Our story is the story. We've won. We've got the ticket. And they rejoice. And what happens? Saturday comes. I don't know about you. I've often thought about this. Because Friday is a big deal. Christ crucified. Sunday is a big deal. We're going to get to that in a second. What happened on Saturday? Bible doesn't say much. But in my imagination, I imagine the disciples in their absolute despair. Absolute despair. If you've ever had a tragedy in your life and you wake up that next morning, it's, like a, it's, it's just like a bad dream. Like, did this really happen? Did they really just kill Jesus? Did we just betray him? Did this, is this it? Is this the end of it? Is this the end of our story Is there nothing else for us? It's over. And they wallow in that despair. And the reality is for us, as we get into those coffins, we end up spending our lives on the Saturday. Yeah? We end up spending our lives asking those questions. What if? I had so much promise, but I, I settled for the fruit. And I live in Saturday over and over and over again. Groundhog Day, if you want to relate back to the story. But then, Sunday. <laughs> Close your eyes for a second. And let's just be quiet. I did this this morning. You know, in the early hours of the morning, you can just hear so much more. And in distance. And I felt on that Sunday morning, could you imagine that I can almost hear the party in hell. In the distance, you can hear it. And in a moment, Satan says, Quiet! (laughs) I heard a stone move. And the party stops. In that moment, the party stops. Why? Because Jesus is risen. Why? Because that stone has been moved away and Christ is alive. Yeah, And hell is defeated. The party is over. It lasted for one day. And now Christ is alive. Amen. It's so beautiful. I just see that picture. He's in the tomb. I see the picture of the coffin. We put him in the coffin. My coffin. Yeah, He was in my coffin. My coffin of lust and pornography and filth. He's in it. Yeah, but when he rises from the dead, I just see him smashing that coffin to smithereens. He doesn't get out of it all gently. No, no, no. In a, in a bright, glorious light, he smashes that coffin into nothing. Into nothing. And if you're here this morning and you feel like you're living in a coffin, he wants to take that coffin. He wants to smash it to smithereens. He wants you to walk out of this building. No coffin. <clears throat> see, this is good news. This is good news because on Friday as he hung on that cross, as he didn't just take our sin, he became it. The word says he became. And when I read that, it, it, I'm not going to lie, it actually it breaks me. When I read that Christ hung on the cross and became me, became my lust, 
became my filth, my thoughts, my actions. In that moment, though, as he died, he said, it is finished. Quentin, it is finished. No more. That guy is dead. That guy is over. It is finished. Your past, uh, your regrets, all that stuff, your guilt, it's finished. It is over. Thank you, God. But you know what the beauty is? He doesn't leave it there. He doesn't leave us in neutral. This is not a game of snakes and ladders, guys. Yeah? So it's like, okay, we're going to start all over again. Quentin, Jesus died. You're good to go. Start again. Because reality is, I'm going to mess it up all over again. No, no, no. See, Sunday comes. Jesus rises from the dead. And he says, Quentin, you've now got a new story. Yeah? I'm not putting you back in the beginning there to try this over again. No, no. I'm giving you a new story. A new story in Christ. A new story. You are a new creation in Him. The old guy is gone. You are a new creation. Yeah, so I get, to, I get to commune and I beget to live this life with Him. And I think about Peter. Because it's Peter who wrote that scripture that we just read. And I see that had Jesus not risen from the dead... Peter would always be that guy. He would have to live with that accusation. A massive finger pointed at him. Peter, you wimp. A little girl asked you, did you know him, the Messiah? And you stepped back and said no. Not once, not twice, but three times. And for the rest of his life, he would be called Peter the denier. Peter, you wimp. You have no backbone. You do not stand up for what you believe in. But that is not his story. Because Christ rose Again, Christ forgave him and gave him a new story. And that is why when he writes this, when he writes the scripture, I, I believe it. See, I need it. I, I need to know. It's because Peter was there. Now, Peter was with him for three years. Peter saw him get arrested. He saw the accusations. He saw that they found him guilty. He, saw, he watched him flog him to be to beyond recognition. He saw them hang him on a cross. He saw him die. He saw him get put in a tomb. He then saw the empty tomb, and he saw Jesus risen. And that's why I believe what he writes. And I'm going to recap it for you. Christ died for our sins once and for all. So because Jesus did this, it does not matter anymore where you have been, what you have done. The cross has the final word. It is finished. Your choice. You either stay in that coffin or you get out. Secondly, Christ died for our sins, righteous for the unrighteous. C.S. Lewis says it this way. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of men could become sons of God. And this morning, I just, I just feel so excited, so overjoyed that I am now called a Son of God. That old me, he's gone. That old me, he is dead. Jesus didn't just forgive me. He brought me and gave me a new story in him. And it is glorious. And thirdly, Christ died for our sins to bring you to God. And this is the crux. This is the crux for it all. Because when you go right back to the beginning, when God's creating the heavens and the earth, and he creates man, his desire is to be with us. Our daddy in heaven wants to commune and wants to have life with us. He includes us into the story. We then walked away. We then settled for this guy. So he made a plan, the perfect plan in Jesus, to bring us back to him. If you do not know that this morning, 
I want to leave, if that's the only thing you, th- you hear this morning, remember that your Father in heaven, who created you, wants relationship with you. Charles Spurgeon, who was a famous old preacher, wrote this. You will never know the fullness of Christ until you know the emptiness of everything else but Christ. My prayer this morning is that you will come to know the fullness that is in Christ, the redemption that is in Christ, the forgiveness and his new story. I'm going to land it in a second, and while I'm busy doing that, I'm going to ask the band to come up. And I want to ask you this morning, what story has dominated your life? I had a dominant story up to the age of almost 35. And, it, and it, I'd look at myself in the mirror and it would, I'd put a good face out, but it would crush me knowing that's who I am. That is my story. But now I know that my future has a very different outcome. My future has a very different headline. And I want to ask you this morning, is your current story, when you look to your future, is that future headline the same as the current story? Or is it glorious? Is it a new story in Him? I believe today that Christ is speaking over coffins. <laughs> you may be sitting in a coffin of anxiety. You may be sitting in a coffin of depression, of fear, of addiction. Jesus is saying no more. He wants you to leave that coffin behind and walk out of here free. He said it is finished. It is finished. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. The question this morning is, who are you going to start continue listening to? Are we going to continue to listen to the enemy? Are we going to continue to settle for smallness? Jesus is calling us to a new story, a big story in Him. He's calling us back to the Father. And your decision this morning is, the planet or the fruit you do get to choose it is your choice this morning but that's all you have to do right now all you need to do is choose